Welcome, welcome, welcome to another fantastic episode of My Orgasmic Life. Mm. I'm your hostess, Gaia Morissette, and today's episode is brought to you by Tickle.life. Hee <laughs> hee. That's our new sponsor. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to get into the juicy stuff right away, but before I do that, I just need to give you a little bit about who I, about, about, see, I'm Canadian. <laughs> a little bit about me, um, if you're getting to know me for the very first time. My name is Gaia Morissette. I'm a holistic sexual wellness specialist, a BDSM wellness expert, and a high priestess of divine sexual magic and elemental magics, as well as a pro-dominatrix. All right. So today I want to talk to you about finding your dream relationship. <laughs> and I wanted to have this conversation because every day of my practice, I have people coming and talking to me about relationships and wishing that their relationship was different or wanting a different relationship or how do they find their dream man or how do they find their dream woman or how do they find their dream person, their dream partner. And so um, I wanted to have like an honest conversation about this because I think we move from, so I, let's, I want to identify there's two different types of relationships, right? In, in relation to um, our dreams, okay? There's our dream relationship, which means that they, the person that you have chosen is in line with who you are, loves you unconditionally, you love them unconditionally, uh, you don't want to change them, they don't want to change you. Um, that's what a dream relationship looks like. Your nightmare relationship, thanks for the love, guys. <laughs> Your nightmare relationship is where you got stoned on the falling in love drugs, that the biochemical drugs that are released in your body. And you thought that this person was your dream person. And the reason that you thought they were your dream person was because you were high on dopamine. You were high on oxytocin. You were high on all the biochemical drugs that were being produced in your body when you first meet somebody. <laughs> okay? So that's now that we've defined... So what happens is, is that you think that that person is your dream person and because you're high. And then when the, the drugs wear off, when you come down, right, when you're no longer in the honeymoon phase, you now realize that you actually aren't in your dream relationship at all. You're in your, your nightmare relationship of because you didn't listen to what you needed to listen to. All right. So I know that's kind of harsh. but if you spend any time with me, I only, I only share from a place of love. So if I say some stuff that you don't like, it's because I love you. <laughs> Sometimes we need to have honest conversations, and we don't always like the, what, what comes out of those honest conversations. So let's drop in again back into this concept of having a dream partner. So I'm going to give you a couple of examples um, of where people have, you know, where we drop into this concept that our dream man, our dream woman is going to come 
and rescue and make our lives better. So number one, if you're looking for a dream relationship for those reasons, you are doomed to fail. You are setting yourself and that person up for horrible failure, okay? So that's number one. So I want you to think about it for a second. Am I looking for my dream partner because I want them to make my world a better place, to make my life a better place? Okay, that's number one. If the answer is yes, then you need to do some reworking on yourself. Next thing about finding your dream partner is that you know, need to know who you are, meaning what are your soul standards? And I, I talk about this a lot, you know, uh, years ago, this woman, Amy, she, she said, you know, do you, what's your soul standards? Like when you're making friends and you're making connections with people. And I was like, ah, I don't know. So I sat down and I figured out what my soul standard lists were. And when that, what happens is that these are the traits, these are the personality traits that are super important to me for me to be in relationships with people and to have my needs met. So for example, on my, I have, I have three different soul standards lists. I have my A team, which are the people that are the closest to me, soul standards list. I have who I collaborate from a business perspective. Those are my soul standard lists. And then I have my lovers and my partner's soul standard lists. And in that, on those lists, there's a certain couple of things. Like for me, that's really, really important is open, honest communication. That is hot. That is sexy. That is a must. I must be able to have a conversation about anything with somebody who I'm going to have sexual interactions with. If I can't talk to them about stuff, then why would I share my vulnerability of orgasm in my naked body with them? Right? So for me, that's a really important trait that everybody who comes into my world needs to have. Um, another soul standard that is uh, very important is um, looking at your shit. That's a sexy trait for me. So, you know, the people that I have around me, because I find that sexy. I, when I have an issue come up, I don't run away from it. I lean into it. I know I'm a weirdo. And I'll totally own that, 100%. But I own it, and I lean into it, and I do the work that needs to be done so that I can live the best version of myself, not hiding from myself, not lying to myself, but the best version of myself. And sometimes that's looking at some things that are not very pleasant. That's a really important trait for me, of anybody that I have in my life. Um, honesty, uh, is important. Having, being able to be an adventurer, that's also really sexy for me. So I have a list of things that are really important traits that people need to meet. Now, I'm going to tell you a story. You ready? So once upon a time, <laughs> years ago, when I was wee lass, <laughs> which, you know, was a while ago because I'm now 45. Um, so I decided that I knew when I was a little girl that I didn't want to have children, that that was not my calling, that my, call, my calling in life was not to have any children. 
and I was the oldest of six kids. And so I did a lot of, you know, raising of my siblings and, you know, I was super responsible. And so I did a lot of parenting when I was a child. So, you know, there, between that and not really wanting to have children, I kind of felt like I'd already done my maternal duty to the universe. <laughs> so I made the choice that I didn't want to have children. So I decided that I was really going to stick true to this choice of not wanting to have any children. And so I went to the doctors and I said, all right, I'd like my tubes tied. And my doctor was like, well, you can't because, you know, what happens if you find your dream man? And I was really confused. I was like, well, if he wanted children, he wouldn't be my dream man because I don't want children. And she couldn't understand. She just couldn't understand. But but what happens if your dream man shows up and he wants children? And I kept and I couldn't understand because I kept looking at her like, but I don't want children, so he would never be my dream man. And so we went back and forth between this concept of, you know, the, this dream man showing up and wanting children, and then I wouldn't be able to provide him with children because I, you know, tied my tubes. And so. The thing is, is that if this was only one time I had this conversation, I'd be like, oh, okay, well, she just doesn't get it. But then I went to the next doctor and, and I went through that process again. And, and I, you know, there's lots of times where people will come up to me still and they're like, oh, do you have any children? I'm like, no. And they're like, don't worry, you'll find your dream man and then you'll have children. And I'm like, but I don't want children, so he won't be my dream man. So if you're listening to this and you're like, I totally understand where guy is coming from. That means that you're on point, <laughs> which means that you're good. You're good. You're solid. Your concept of a dream relationship means that you know who you are and you are in line with you who you are. And when that person comes into your life that meets those soul standards, those ways in which you move, the things that are important to you, um, and you don't want to change them and they don't want to change you, then you're, you know, that's your dream relationship. That means you're doing well. That means you're, you're awesome. Okay. If you were listening to that story and you were like, yeah, guy, you don't know because you haven't met your dream man. If you were on that end of that conversation, then I lovingly invite you to take a moment. Okay. And I really want you to listen to what I have to say here. I spend a lot of time working with people in horrible relationships, sexless relationships, loveless relationships, relationships that turn from you know, this, ah, to this, oh my God, dun, 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 all right? And the reason, the number one reason why relationships go to shit, all right? I just say it out as it go to shit, is because of this concept that my dream partner will be, I'll have this dream relationship, but I'm gonna have to change to keep it. I'm gonna have to be somebody different. I'm going to, they're going to have to be somebody, you know, I'm gonna fall in love with this person and then I wanna change them to be my ideal partner. Instead of just being like, they're either your ideal partner or they're not. So I just want you to take a moment for that. They're either your ideal partner or they are not. There is no, I'll morph them or change them into being my ideal partner. I will manipulate them into being my ideal partner. 
They'll love me enough so they'll change and they'll become my ideal partner. All these beliefs, all these concepts, you know what that's going to land you into? A really shitty relationship. It's going to land you in a really crappy, shitty relationship. You know, often I hear people say, oh, this is so much fun, but I'm going to have to give this up once I fall in love. So let's drop into sex because, you know, that's, that's, my, that's my wheelhouse, all right? Um, one of my wheelhouse anyways. And so often I'll be like, well, why do you have to give this up? If you fell in love with somebody that was okay with you have being kinky, then you wouldn't have to give it up at all. You could not only be in love and have a great relationship, but you also could explore and be your sexual self. Another time, often I hear things like, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to be able to be my sexually liberated and free self because, you know, they're not going to like it or they're going to be insecure or they're going to be jealous or they're going to be all those things. So my, my statement to those people are, well, how about you don't choose a relationship with that person? You choose a relationship with somebody who is working on their shit and their own insecurities and thinks it's hot that you're a big slut and, you know, are turned on by who you are as a sexual being and are turned on by who you are um, as a, a lovable, lovable being, right? That these are the things that they enjoy about you instead of wanting to hoard them, change you, or manipulate you. And does that mean, what does that mean? Well, what that means is that you may need to wait a little bit longer to actually get into a relationship. A, a true, healthy, the relationship that's going to work for you. But in the meantime, doesn't mean that you can't continue to bond and connect and, and create relationships and companionship and all those kinds of things. You can have all of those things, but that deep soul connection that you, people talk about all the time of that deep, deep level of love and intimacy and partnership um, and vulnerability, these, these kind of places, you know, you may have to wait until you meet somebody that actually meets your, who you are and your soul standards and, and how you want to move in the world. You know, if you love, so for me, anybody that comes into my world, um, you know, because you all are, you know, love to listen to my adventures of my life. <laughs> um, anybody who comes into my, my world, my harem, my, you know, sexual relationships um, and friendships, the number one thing is that I'm a nudist. I don't like clothes. I hate clothes. If I was allowed to, I'd be sitting here naked. <laughs> if it was warm enough, I'd be naked. And if I was allowed to be on live, I'd, in being naked, I'd totally be naked. Because I am a nudist. It's who I am. Now, anybody who comes into my life, friends, my family, like anybody, I'm like, when it comes to once it's warm, I'm at the nudist resort. That's where I am. And so all the people in my life who love me, I'm like, if you want to spend time with me, you're going to spend time with me at the nudist resort, or you're going to have to wait until it gets winter and it's cold. And then I can spend time with you because it's too cold to be naked outside. 
um, I didn't stop. I don't, I don't stop being who I am just to please everybody else. It is who I am. And they, and people in my life love me for who I am. And they know that during the certain times of year that I'm out at the nice resort. That's just how it is. Um, and yet I've had many of past female friends who were incredible, like loved being a nudist and started dating some guy who was uncomfortable with nudism because they thought that was a big orgy and there's all these misconceptions about nudism and, you know, I'll do another podcast or probably a couple podcasts on that. But, um, you know, but the point is, is that they believe that it was uns- that the, that, that nudity was for some sacred and no one else could see their naked bodies. And, and so for these reasons alone, and then they gave up the thing that they loved, the thing that brought them joy, the thing that made their soul sing, they gave it up so that they could keep their partner happy. But see, if they had just asked the question, Hey, when they first met, I'm a nudist. How do you feel about it? And the person said, I'm not comfortable with that. And then my friend could have said, well, I'm sorry about that. Well, then this is not going to go any further because we are not compatible. We are not a good match. And if they had done that, they would have ended up having a great relationship or not, or actually not being in a relationship so that she could have found somebody that was going to be okay with her being a nudist and was going to enjoy going to the nudist resort with her. And so this is what I really want you to lean into is this concept. Do you want a dream relationship or do you want a nightmare relationship? Is it really about looking for your dream relationship or is it about just being in a relationship because you're afraid to be alone? These are the things that I want you to lean into and really think about. Because remember, your dream partner, or in my case, partners, being ethically non-monogamous, you know, is that your partner or partners are, love you unconditionally for who you are, and you love them unconditionally for who they are. There's, you're not going to always agree on everything, but you're going to be okay with whatever uh, your partner chooses. The The core of who they are, you're not going to expect them to be somebody that they're not. And the minute, and I, and I want you to really look at this, the minute that you are like, well, they're wanting me to, you know, maybe not go out with my friends as much. Oh, well, I can do that. Or, oh, you know, I can't have that com- hang out with that person anymore because they're not okay with that. Or I need to stop wearing those clothes that I normally wear. Or I need to stop going and, you know, hanging out so much with my you know, family. Or the minute that you start to feel like you need to change who you are, not because it's in your best interest for yourself, that you're like, oh, this no longer serves me. We, we want to change and grow and develop all the time. But you feel like you need to stop being who you are so that you can keep your relationship. Then you've moved from dream relationship to nightmare relationship. And it just goes down and down and down and down and down and down until you end up in a horrible relationship that either implodes or you stay stuck in it and being miserable in it. Okay? So... I want each and every one of you to find your dream relationship or relationships because we all deserve 
to be in companionship and partnership with people that bring us joy and light us up and accept us unconditionally for who we are, just like we accept them unconditionally for who they are. And it doesn't mean that we're two peas in a pod and that we agree and believe the exact same thing all over the place, but the major pieces are in line. Okay, so here's your tip to start that process because I think most of us don't really know what it is, what are these core things that are important to who we are and make up who we are that are like non-negotiable, like I'm not changing who I am. So I want you to write, here's your, here's your tool. I want you to do two lists. I want you to come up with a soul standard list. So all the personality traits of, um, that you're looking for in uh, your dream relationship or relationships. That's the first list. The second list that I want you to write is all the things that are super important to the core of makeup who you are. So I would say, okay, so for me, these are the core things that make up who I am. Um, I love to go on adventures, mucky, frolicking in the jungle with monkeys is important to me. I'm a nudist. Um, you know, I'm sexually liberated and free and kinky. Um, I'm ethically non-monogamous. So I, you know, um, you know, I have a harem and I'm pansexual. Um, what else? Um, that's really important to me. And I love to lean in to why people do what they do. All right. So psychology is, is my jam. Right, it turns me on having those conversations. So these are the core that kind of makes up who I am. So if somebody was not okay with who I am sexually, not okay with kink, not okay with ethical non-monogamy, not okay with me being a nudist, and not okay with me traveling, they don't have to travel with me, they don't have to go on the adventure with me, but are not okay with me traveling to go on these adventures, um, we would have a problem, serious problem. Or what I do for a living, because a lot of people are, are, is uncomfortable with what I do for a living. So these are things that are important. So the person that comes, people that come into my life have to be okay with those pieces. And not just okay with it in a tolerant sort of way, but kind of find it cool and hot and sexy and adventurous. And yes, I want to spend time with you because these are the parts that make you up, that make you so awesome. So you need to write that list because that's an important list too because too many times we've been taught to give up who we are to have somebody love us. So figure out who you are, figure out who you want to spend time with, and then you start to have a roadmap for actually getting into dream relation, to have a dream relationship or dream relationships. All right. So that's it. That's all for today's uh, lovely podcast. Thank you for everybody who listened. Um, I just want to do a kind of quick reminder. So number one, if you, if you don't know, if you're having a hard time coming up with those lists and you don't even know where to start, please reach out to me and I can support you on that adventure. Okay. So you can find me at succulentliving.com. Um, for all of your, you know, relationship and sexual wellness needs, um, for all your BDSM exploration and education needs, you can find me at empressgaia.com. You can follow me on all the social media platforms under Gaia Morissette or Empress Gaia or both. 
And um, don't forget to start listening and downloading and following My Orgasmic Life, which is my podcast. So I'll say it again. It's My Orgasmic Life. And you can find that on your favorite podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio. They're on all, it's all on all the platforms. And a quick reminder, this episode was brought to you by Tickle.life. <laughs> all right, everybody, have a deliciously wonderful day. Um, oh, actually, one more thing. And don't forget, I don't know if you know this about me, but I teach a lot of fantastic online courses. Everything about relationship styles to sex to all sorts of cool courses. So they're both guided and self-study. So you can find that at succulentliving.com under work with us. It says online courses. And also I'll put the link in here um, in the show notes. All right. That's it. That's all. May your day be filled with adventure and self-awareness. Bye-bye. And a little bit of sexiness, of course. Or an orgasm or two. Hee-hee. <laughs> Bye.